Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Chef Special on the Believe Podcast Network. This is Patrick Honeywell. Today I have two very special guests Tish Boyo, the managing editor of Pastry Arts Magazine, and Sean Wenner, Pastry Arts Magazine's president and chief editor. On today's podcast, Tish and Sean take us behind the scenes of what had begun as a digital magazine quickly morphed into a full-blown, one-of-a-kind multimedia platform that inspires, educates, and connects the pastry community. Tish and Sean, I have two heavy hitters, power a power team. How are you today? Great. How are you, Patrick? Just doing great. Just, just fantastic. About you, Doing very well. Thank, thanks for having me. Thanks for having us. This is great, man. I tell you. So we're here to talk about Pastry Arts Magazine. But you know, before we get started, I have a couple of questions for both of you. One, Tish, you know, this is our second podcast together. So I'm really th- honored that you came back. So thank you so much for that. Well, thanks for thanks for asking. Most people <laughs> don't, you know. Oh, wait a minute. We have to set <laughs> up a third. Done. We'll do a third. <laughs> So, but I, you know, you've done, as we talked about in the first podcast, a zillion cookbooks. Um, you've been instrumental really in developing kind of an awareness of pastry and cakes, et cetera, um, throughout the United States and actually around the world. But I know you made cakes. So I had a question uh, about your first cake. I want to know when you made your first cake, where you actually made it to bring it to someone's house or whatever, talk about that. And then tell me, was it a hit or was it a fail? Oh, okay. Um, you know, I, I hadn't really, I know you, uh, you, you mentioned this to me and I totally forgot about it, but, um, when you say, uh, a cake that I brought to somebody's house that brings it all back in horrifying, horrifyingly clear detail. I made a cake from this book called, I think it was New York's great chefs or something, or New York's master chefs. And it was um, it was some kind of an almond cake, and it had uh, panels of uh, chocolate around the side, so overlapping kind of rectangles of chocolate around the side, and they were uh, dark and white chocolate. And um, I took a long time. I think I was in high school, and I, I you know, I made this cake, and I, you know, I, I, I tempered the chocolate, and I cut the panels, and really, I have to say, I really hit it out of the park, except for the fact that I realized after I had delivered the cake that I totally forgot to put the butter in the cake. So there was like two sticks of butter that I literally (laughs) forgot. So I'm like, and of course I hadn't cut into the cake or tried it. So this thing I'm sure was like, you know, they were gasping for, for, for water while they were eating it. But, uh, so that was my first cake. Um, but I have to say, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you, did you rename it a cardboard cake or (laughs) fat in there? Come on. It was a, it was a very special cake. Let's just say that. And, um, but I have to tell you those chocolate rectangles, they really, they were superb. So I had, it had that going for it. Wow. And Sean, it's interesting. You were at La Cardon Bleu. So two little quick questions for you. One, what was your favorite class that you took? I heard you're a musician. What was your favorite instrument to play or were you a singer? Hit me with that. Ooh, loaded questions. Okay, so my background is a picture-perfect guy with ADD that just went from from interest to interest. So there, there's a lot to unpack. But 
I'll start with the musician because that came first. And that was, I started playing the saxophone around 11 or 12 years old. And then at about 13, 14, got into a punk band with some guys that were in their early 20s and started traveling up and down the state of Florida and, um, and, and playing in these hole-in-the-wall places. I'm not even old enough to legally be in there, but I'm a part of the band. Me and my best friend Dan at the time, who was the drummer, he was like this drumming prodigy. So, so that was that. That was the saxophone. I then transitioned into producing music, which was uh, a full-blown escapade where I did every, almost every instrument. And so that, that was fun. I did that for a while. Went to an audio engineering school. Le Cordon Bleu, I fell into that as a um, staff member. And so I didn't actually attend the Cordon Bleu. I worked there for almost nine years. Mm. And the favorite classes was the breads class mm. uh, that I would that mm. I would walk by in the morning and then, the, you know, smell the fresh bread. But there was a chef, Chris Clare, and he made the most amazing breads and pastries and would bring them over to our department. And I absolutely loved it. So hands down, that was my favorite. Yeah, who doesn't love bread, right? That's right. <laughs> so let's talk about Pastry Arts Magazine. How, first of all, I think you began the magazine or were working on it in 2018. Did you start it together? Yes. Yeah. So, so essentially, the, so Jeff Dreyfus, Tish, you're going to keep me honest here. <laughs> Jeff Dreyfus I hope and so. Tish Boyle <laughs> worked together in the past at Dessert Professional Magazine and I believe Chocolatier, was it? And Pastry Art and Design Magazine, right. Yes. And then I got, yeah, and then I got connected to Jeff from a mutual friend who then suggested that we create some sort of entity, if you will. That's, there's some backstory there, but, but the long and the short is that there was a magazine that kind of stopped actively publishing and we decided that we were going to take the ball and run with it in a different way. And the different way was that it was gonna be more of a digital magazine. And the other past magazines in the pastry and baking world were not necessarily digital heavy. And I had previously created an all-digital magazine, and so this is it, Pastry Arts is the culmination of Tish, Jeff, myself, you know, some some freelancers, some people here and there to come together, the right people at the right time with the right expertise, and we just we started pulling this thing together essentially. Hmm. So what's what would you say is a vision uh, for the magazine? I mean, it's it's a a multimedia platform magazine, and I believe it's out quarterly. Where do you see yourself and what, what you offer to the community and to the, to the world of uh, pastry? Yeah, so when we started, there was talks with a very, you know, very big vision, if you will. So in my mind, and, was, and I believe Tish and Jeff, uh, we, all, we all agreed that we saw this becoming more than just a magazine. And it, it was hard to see that when you're just starting from scratch, but in two and a half years, we, we've quickly become more. But the, the idea was to be a multimedia platform. And what does that mean? That means having podcasts or podcasts, plural, video series, having not only a site and a magazine, but then uh, events, whether they're virtual events or live events, being ingrained in the in the education, the world of education to then help the up and coming chefs and just really 
be a connector of the industry. Um, and so we have three tenants that we came up with collectively as a group, and that is essentially the platform is built on inspiring, educating, and connecting. Mm-hmm. And so everything that we do as we move forward, we just we we measure it up against those three tenants of the platform to see are we inspiring, are we educating, are we connecting, all the way down to the editorial. And and that's that's kind of the vision that we had, and that's what we're executing against as we move forward. It's nice. So I know in the magazine you've got um, a feature section, recipes, podcasts. When you do a feature on someone, how do you decide what to cover, or do you have a list of people that you you know want to reach out to? But what what is your decision? Is it based on customer inquiries, trends? What drives this? I'll let you take that one first, Ish. You know, it, it's it, it really is a variety of elements that go into it. Sometimes we do get recommend that quite frequently we get recommendations on people uh, that uh, chefs would like to see profiled. So we have uh, an ongoing list of those that we can pull from. Someone who's who's really kind of uh, making some some noise, some uh, has some, having a lot of impact in the industry. We we are going to look at. Um, we also like to have make sure that we have a nice diverse group of people that we're profiling. Obviously, we don't want you know all uh, you know twenty something year old white guys, for example. So we like to have women in there. We like to have uh, a nice uh, mix, uh, racial mix in there too, as well. So. Yeah, all of these factors kind of go into it, but, um, and it could be just someone who has done something very interesting, like they've gone from a career as a restaurant pastry chef, and now they're doing something uh, completely different, whether it's, uh, whether it's teaching, whether it's being a chocolatier, whether it's, you know, going into just producing bread or selling a product uh, online. So um, all of these different factors really enter, enter into it. And it's, and it's just really a conversation between Sean and I and the editorial staff. We also have a great board of very impressive people, which Sean, maybe you want to talk about. Um, and they have, uh, we meet with them regularly and they have a lot of input into profiles that we do for the magazine. Well, you've had some amazing, amazing people you profiled. I know maybe one or two of them I've been fortunate enough to meet, but uh, Sean, what what would you add to that? Anything? Yeah, so I'm going to take a step back and say that from a business standpoint, a business thrives by producing something, call it a widget, and then listening to how that widget is received and building in a feedback loop to then iterate that widget. And, and continuing to do that, right? So you, you, it's the same thing with, with a restaurateur or, you know, in pastries, you create something from scratch, you put it out to customers, you get their immediate reaction, you make an iteration, you fine tune it, and eventually you unveil whatever that's going to be, whatever that, you know, thing turns into. So using that as a framework, we have done that from the very beginning. And let me tell you what I mean by that is that in the very beginning, when people signed up for the for a subscription, we offered a free subscription. The reason why we did that is we want to get initial people to come in and take a look at the magazine. Immediately after, they would get emailed a survey asking them a series of questions. What did they think? What do they want? What do they want to hear? What are they? Who do they want us to cover? And with that last question right there, that answers a little bit of the question that you're asked. Who do they want us to cover? Mm. So now we are not guessing. 
we are working off of the audience, right? And, and the best way to build a successful business, any type of business is that you find your core audience and you deliver to them exactly what they want, right? And so how do you do that? Is that you have to understand what they want. And we did that by way of a survey. To this day, anybody that now signs up for a subscription, we have that survey email that goes out to them. Every single day, we have more surveys that come in. We have an, uh, a virtual assistant that populates all of that information on a spreadsheet. And now we can take a step back and look at trends. You know, were there 20 people that recommended Antonio Bashore? Were there 30 people that recommended, uh, you know, Denera? Uh, I'm going to mess up her last name from, from Russia, I think so. So anyway, that, that kind of is a bit of a process, you know, that, that we have that helps steer the editorial decisions, features, recipes, topics, etc. And then on the recipes, let's say that a lot of people are saying, you know what, I'm making bread at home. You mentioned bread earlier. I really need to learn or I'd like to know more about bread. Is that what determines the recipes? And then who do you go to for those recipes? To Tish? Tish, you got recipes. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going to say something about Tish first. Okay. And I'm going to say that that uh, what I've come to know about Tish in this two and a half years is just how insanely talented she is. And, and, and it's one of those things that uh, I believe that uh, in that kind of motto, iron sharpens iron, birds of a feather flock together, that whole thing. And so that being said, with Tish being so incredibly talented, she is also connected with incredibly talented people. And so whether they are working with her to submit recipes or she is is helping them create something and develop something, it just that's that's one of the core things of why this platform and the recipes are so good. And I'm just gonna acknowledge Tish for that. And there you go, Tish. Well, thank you, Sean. That was lovely. <laughs> I might keep this uh, this recording just for my own private collection. <laughs> I might have to send them out. Um, well, yeah, I mean, another thing is that uh, this this magazine really is uh, for professionals. So it's by professionals for professionals. And um, so, in other words, people are, you know, this is not, the recipes are very much geared to professionals. So um, if there's a bread recipe, it's, um, there's a certain uh, level of uh, knowledge that we assume, for example. But that being said, everything is pretty much spelled out and we give all of the amounts in grams so that if somebody did want to make it a consumer or a, an enthusiast, a home enthusiast, who a serious enthusiast would call them wanted to make it at home, they certainly could. So we try to, you know, build into the recipes, different levels of competency in the kitchen. Do you have a podcast? So that's part of what you offer on, um, on the Pastry Arts Magazine, uh, what you feature are your podcasts. So let me ask you about your podcast. How do you choose your guests? Well, that's also um, similar to the way we choose people to profile in the magazine. You know, people do email me and we, you know, at the end of each uh, episode, we do give out the email address, which is podcast at pastryartsmag.com for people to suggest people that, 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 that uh, they would like to hear interviewed because um, they may know of someone who is extremely talented, but they might not know how they got into this business, a little bit about their background, you know, what, what, what their particular career journey was to get to where they are. So 
I think people find that fascinating. I know I do. And, you know, what were they thinking along the way? Did they did they have doubts about what they were doing? And did they have any, you know, just horrible experiences and say, hey, this might not be for me, but they persevered and got, got through it to the other side. And they kept, you know, chugging away. And eventually they got to where they, the, the level of success that they, they enjoy today. So, mm. I mean, I think, um, I think really it's all about people and their stories and whether they're a chocolatier, whether they're a bread baker, whether they're a pastry chef, it, it doesn't matter. I think we all share a particular journey. And I think it's really interesting to see the different ways that people achieve success in the industry. Mm. So that's the one common denominator. You know, I love your podcast and you get some amazing guests on and you, you really make, you bring out the human side, you know, some of their challenges, what they've gone through. So it's not just about, look how great your product is. And let me tell you how I did it. They really open up to you. So it's really cool. It is cool. You know, it's, it's nice to, um, you know, it's nice that they take the time out of their day to, uh, to speak with me. And I always recognize that because uh, all of these people are successful and they're all busy. So um, I certainly uh, appreciate that. And I think, uh, I think that's, that's part of it and it shows. So let me ask you though. So did you have any, were there any guests that you got on? You thought, Oh my gosh, this guy or woman is so tough to to get and I, you finally got them at uh, some challenges to bring somebody on and then if you have any funny stories anything to share well i'm gonna say there was one um occasion uh well there have been a couple occasions where i have uh gotten kind of a heavy hitter and prepared quite a bit <laughs> for the episode and then they canceled and ah. uh so i still have all my my notes and my questions and everything so you're you know, ready when for them. when they're ready to come back <laughs> that would be great and then there was another guy and i'm not going to obviously not going to say, say say his name but um i had uh, and this was totally my fault um i had seen a video a short video clip on youtube and i thought his english was pretty good well i i got to to talk to this guy. Uh, and so he was in France and I was here and I think it was like seven o'clock in the morning, my time. And I'm talking to this guy. I can't understand a word he's saying. I really can't. And he can't express himself. And, um, you know, so that was, um, that, that was, uh, really a hot mess, but, um, anyhow, so you, you live and learn. Yeah. But you know, you've got Sean there. He probably can plug in with his knowledge, some form of, you know, with the, with, with the translating tools. Now he could have gone, bonjour, bonjour. And, and then Sean would plug something. Yes. Hello. Hello. Come on, Sean. That's right. That's right. But I will say that, uh, that, you know, Tish is in Florida and out of all the maybe sun tans or maybe potential burns that she has received throughout her time in Florida. I've never seen her so red as the time where I put her on the hot seat in the podcast. Oh yeah. It's true. Yeah. So we, we flipped it around. I thought it was so important (laughs) that, uh, that after a little while that, that everybody gets to know Tish a little bit. And so we put her in the hot seat. It was, it was a grand old time. I say that in jazz, but it was just, it was, it was fun. Now, on Pastry Arts Magazine, it's geared to towards professionals. But how about people at home? You know, just want to learn more. What would you would you recommend them to get get in on this, or what do you think? Home bakers, pastry people. 
Yeah, I'll say that we we have two classifications for what what the general term of a home baker or a non-professional would be. And we, we say either A, a home baker hobbyist who is not wanting to turn pro and a serious enthusiast who someday wants to turn pro. Mm-hmm. And by turning pro, what does that mean? That means that somehow they want to exchange what they create for some some monetary monetary reward, right? So that's whether it is selling at a farmer's market or something, whatever that looks like. It doesn't mean that they have to have a professional career in a kitchen and things, but they just want to, they want to sell something, right? Mm -hmm. That they create. So we absolutely uh, have things in there that are tailored towards serious enthusiasts, these are the people that can create something that looks like it was created by a pastry chef working in a hotel or restaurant, but they just are not working in a hotel or restaurant. So we absolutely tailor things towards the serious enthusiast all the way up to the professional mm-hmm. and uh, not so much the home baker hobbyist that just likes to dabble you know, with maybe some cakes or something like that. Nothing wrong with that, but just someone that's not as as serious that's not producing something that looks like it came out of professional restaurant or kitchen you have really big positions tough jobs there how do you both approach your day when you say okay today is going to be we really have you know we have a goal or we have a a deadline to meet what do you do tish and what do you do sean what are your roles working together um well, uh, first of all, we, we, we have an editorial calendar and we have um, deadlines for uh, people to get things in so that we're not kind of slammed with everything at once. So um, we've kind of gotten into a rhythm, I think, at this point, after two and a half years of doing the magazine where uh, we, we know when we need to get things and uh, how long we have to get it in shape. So. Um, you know, I'll I'll be I will I'll be the person who gets every everything all the content from the contributors, and um, I'm doing uh, the editing of that content. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean we, we we know how long it 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 takes to lay things out, so um, that's pretty much it. And I think one of the big things for me is I have a couple of whiteboards, and um, I have things prioritized. So I know what I need to get done first, what I'm going to edit first, um, and the list goes down. And um, it's really all about, you don't want to get start missing deadlines, because if you miss deadlines, then it, there's just this big domino effect. And um, it affects uh, Sean, uh, who's uh, very much responsible for um, a lot of the layout of the magazine. He really gets involved, hands on. And he um, obsesses about fonts. I'm sorry, Sean, I had to. <laughs> uh, he does. He sure. does obsess a little bit about fonts. Sure. Really? And uh, so, you know, I want to give him enough time so that he can indulge himself in uh, that uh, obsession. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you so you mentioned whiteboards, and I see a whiteboard. I think Sean takes this either very seriously, his whiteboard is on the wall behind him. And those fonts look fantastic, whatever you have. <laughs> <laughs> So how about you, Sean, from your perspective, your day, what, what, how the heck do you approach it? You know, it's uh, like I said, I, I do have a healthy dose of ADD and, and I, I kind of, I kind of play in two worlds. I, I play the, the kind of visionary owner of the platform that's, that's looking to drive us into a certain direction. And then 
I'll, I'll put on the uh, more of the editing and the obsessive font handling hat and 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 which, handle handle some of that stuff. So which Tish really needs. Depends. Tish loves that. Yeah. Come on. That's exactly. <laughs> you know, to to me, I have a project management tool name uh, called Asana. Uh, A S A N A. And so everything is in Asana. And right now, after two and a half years, um, it was right around the two-year mark, I realized that we were growing at a pace. And we were wanting, we have all these opportunities to do things that, that we just needed to expand. We need to expand the team and, and such. And so right now, our biggest thing is that we are developing systems and we are bringing in people to handle those things, SOPs, what you see on the board is a series of SOPs that we are in the process of creating. Green, they've created. Red, they've not been created yet. So my day is just is, is chipping away at the, at the future stuff and future proofing our magazine, our you know, business as a whole, and then executing on some of the things that, that we have in the forefront here. You have an incredible Instagram page. People can learn a lot about your company, um, Pastry Arts Magazine, and um, it's a great vehicle for you you've got a couple hundred i don't know how many hundreds of thousands millions of followers <laughs> how would you recommend people follow you what, what would you, besides that and what else yeah so the instagram is at pastry arts mag m-a-g and then that's the same thing with facebook uh we have we have a couple of things it just depends on what people are interested in obviously we have the podcast then get connected with the podcast, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever there's a podcast, you can type in Pastry Arts, find Tish in, the, in, the, in her podcast. Uh, like we said, social media, we've got things on the website. We have the magazine subscription. We also have a virtual summit. We technically have two virtual summits going on right now. Uh, one new one that just launched this past week, which is the for professionals and serious enthusiasts. It's the 2021 edition of the Pastry Summit. Uh, that's just at pastrysummit.com. So there's, you know, I know you said Instagram, but it really depends on what somebody's looking for. Gosh. And then uh, we've got some, we've got some things that can, that can help them. That's fantastic. Is there anything I'm missing? What would you like to add, Tish or Sean? I mean, he mentioned the Pastry Summit. Uh, that's got over 50 separate videos on it wow. that you can watch for free for four consecutive days. So if you want to go beyond the four consecutive days to really, you know, uh, watch this thing much more in depth, there's a, there, there is a fee for that, but it, I mean, it's not much, uh, 20 something dollars, right, Sean? Um, uh, but, 39, so, yeah, 39. Oh, $39. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it is well worth it. And I am, uh, currently watching it and I have learned quite a bit, I have mm. to say, and I'm excited about what I learned. So, um, I, I really recommend. Uh, checking out the, the Pastry Arts Virtual Summit. Well, I really want to thank both of you, Tish and Sean, for coming on. I love Pastry Arts Magazine. It's amazing. Thanks again for coming, and uh, hopefully we'll talk soon. Well, we love you, Patrick. So, um, uh, you know, we, we, we'd be happy to come back if you, if you decide to ask us, you know? Absolutely. Thanks for having us on. Take care. For all of you listening out there, Chef Special is part of the B-Leave Podcast Network. Check it out at bleave.com. And follow me on Instagram at Patrick Honeywell.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.